Welcome to the Weekly Discourse. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Bryce Bigham, Director of Media and Communications at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We're on the Man of God Network, which is a podcasting ministry of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. The Man of God Network exists to help the church in her mission to identify and equip qualified, faithful men for the gospel ministry. It's our goal to provide you with resources that both encourage you and edify you as you seek to build Christ's church where you are, to the end that he is better known, loved, and exalted. Thanks for listening and sharing the shows on the network. If you've enjoyed them, please consider leaving us a good review on iTunes or the podcast app that you use so that others can benefit from these podcasts as well. And all this is brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS is a confessional Reformed Baptist seminary providing affordable online theological education to help the church in its calling to train faithful men for the gospel ministry. You can complete a seminary education while staying in your church. So pastors, if you have that gifted man in your congregation and you'd like him to receive that theological education while staying in your church, consider CBTS. In addition to being accessible and affordable, We also believe theological education should be confessional. It's our desire to identify ourselves with what Christ has been doing in his church throughout the centuries, and so we fully adhere to the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. This confessional standard keeps us accountable and preserves us from the whims of novelty, and boy, is there a lot of novelty out there today. If you'd like to be taught by pastor theologians who all subscribe to and love the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith, consider CBTS. For more information on how you can receive informed scholarship with pastoral heart, check out our website at cbtseminary.org. Well, we're making final preparations here in Owensboro for our Labor Day module on the life and theology of Benjamin Keach, taught by Dr. Tom Hicks and Chris Holmes. And I'm looking forward to sharing some of the content from this course with you in the coming days, as well as the live show that we're going to be doing with the Covenant podcast this Friday night. September 4th. So be sure to look out for that on our Facebook page. And in the coming weeks, we will also be kicking off a live class in Clinton, Louisiana, taught by Dr. Fred Malone on the subject of preaching Christ from all of Scripture. This is a critical subject which has a tremendous impact on how we read our Bibles and relate the Old Testament to the New Testament. I was able to spend some time with Dr. Malone and Clinton last week, and I wanted to share with, with you all what he had to say on this subject. So Without further ado, here is Dr. Malone on Preaching Christ from All the Scriptures. If the goal of our instruction is love, to love God, to love man, to love our neighbor and our brethren and even our enemy, then there must be a a proclamation of Christ as the uh, reason and the strength to be able to change and to become like him in the way we act. And if, if so many, as I've said, uh, I've heard uh, teach expository preaching over the years or, or preach expositorily, and yet little of Christ was in the message. And when you do that, um, I believe that you're hiding Christ from the people. If Christ is in all the scriptures and we're to preach Christ from all the scriptures, which I believe he taught, then uh, to fail to do that is hiding him from the people's need for communion with Christ, 
for assurance of salvation in Christ, for daily uh, strength in fellowship with Christ in order to live for His glory, to love Him, to keep His commandments, to build His church and so forth. In Luke chapter 24, as after the resurrection, Jesus was walking with these disciples on the Emmaus Road. And uh, it says in verse 27 to these disciples that were slow to believe He was the Christ. And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, He explained to them the things concerning Himself in all the Scriptures. Now at that point, that was the Old Testament. And it doesn't say in the Scriptures, the things concerning Himself in the Scriptures, which would uh, perhaps be a limited place like Isaiah 53, which is clearly a, a prophetic description of His crucifixion and His resurrection and exaltation. Uh, but He actually preached to them uh, the things concerning Himself in all the Scriptures. And, and so we need to pay close attention to the grammar there and to the emphasis that he was giving. And then uh, later on, as the disciples gathered around him uh, in the upper room, in verse 44 of Luke 24, he said, These are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, now this is the Old Testament, it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. And he's saying by that statement that all those things are in the Old Testament. And he taught these men and opened their minds to understand the Old Testament, that it was full of him, that it was all about him. Hello, I'm uh, Dr. Fred Malone. I am teaching a class uh, at um, Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary this next semester on preaching Christ from all the Scriptures. I could just as well say <clears throat> preaching Christ in all the Scriptures because I believe that He has to be in the Scriptures before we preach Him from the Scriptures. So we, we're we going to look at this uh, course in a broad perspective at first uh, before narrowing down the practice of preaching Christ in all the Scriptures. Um, the first thing that we will do is to go over uh, some of the personal struggles that I've had in learning how to preach. I entered Reform Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi in 1970. I had wonderful teachers there that helped me so much. Uh, but I found out that uh, upon graduating, I still was struggling how to preach and uh, how to preach Sunday by Sunday to the same people and uh, from the Scriptures. And so um, I began uh, basically a journey, a personal journey, to learn how to preach uh, from the Scriptures. And particularly, uh, I grew in my conviction 
that we needed to preach uh, Christ from all the Scriptures. Uh, over the years now, I'm, uh, since it's been a long time ago since I graduated in uh, 1974, I've been able to hear a lot of preaching over the years as well as do a lot of preaching. And uh, uh, I'm, I've come to the conviction that there's often something missing in some of the courses on preaching. And, um, and so I developed this course particularly, Preaching Christ from All the Scriptures, in order to try to remedy what I believe uh, needs to be covered a bit more. So this is perhaps, I would say, an addition to the regular courses on preaching that you will take. But um, <clears throat> in, in studying this issue, um, I've come to the conviction that we must preach Christ um, from all the Scriptures because He is the center of God's revelation to man. Uh, beginning with creation, where uh, the Father uh, asked the Son to make all things, and He did, uh, creating all things and creating man in God's image and so forth. Uh, but after the fall of man, we find that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the Son of God, also instituted a promise. And after the fall of Adam and Eve, that uh, um, Satan was told by God that um, he will put enmity between Eve, uh, the woman, and him and the evil one, Satan, and that um, the seed of the woman would destroy uh, Satan and his seed. And one particular seed was promised in that text, uh, and that is one person from the seed of the woman would crush Satan's head though Satan would wound him on the heel. Now that is the beginning of redemptive revelation. And it is a promise of God that um, Satan would be overcome, the sin of man would be overcome through a person who would defeat the evil one. And so from that uh, theological, uh, that text uh, in understanding the theology, we see the rest of the Old Testament as the revealing of that promise and particularly the seed of the woman that is to come and to destroy the evil one. And of course, that is the Lord Jesus Christ who came and established His new covenant and kingdom. And, uh, and so we, we look to the theology of Scripture to tell us uh, in, in, in all of the uh, studies that we have to tell us what is the whole counsel of God. And the whole counsel of God from all of the Scriptures, is that before the foundation of the world, in the council of redemption, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit decreed to create the world and man in His image. Uh, he decreed, God decreed, to permit the fall of man into sin. And then, um, in, at least in logical sequence, uh, determined to send a Savior, a Redeemer. And uh, the Father gave a people to the Son. The Son willingly took upon that responsibility. And that is what the rest of the Bible is about. And so we see in the covenant theology of the Bible, the two great historical covenants that came out of the decrees of God. And <clears throat> the covenant in Adam, uh, representing the whole human race, uh, the command that he broke, and therefore brought all himself and all mankind into the state of sin and misery and condemnation from God, and then the promise immediately of 
a second one to come, a second man, the last Adam to come. So when we look at the covenant theology of the whole Bible, we see uh, this council of redemption that set all things in motion, that planned the end before the beginning, and also in the historic revelation of God to man, two great covenants with two great covenant heads. The covenant of works in Adam, which he failed uh, to keep, and the covenant of grace uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, which he uh, established in historically in the new covenant. And all the covenants uh, previous to the new covenant, as we see in our Baptist confession, were covenants of that promise, uh, moving toward the fulfillment of that promise of grace <clears throat> in the new covenant of Jesus Christ. So all of history is comprehended by this uh, whole counsel of God, His divine plan and purpose in all over, over all things. And in history, uh, the two great covenants of Adam and Christ. And therefore, we have to look upon the whole Scripture as being a revelation of this One, the Lord Jesus Christ. Step by step, covenant by covenant, uh, person by person, until we see Him uh, fully revealed as the grace of God incarnate, as, the, as God the Son incarnate in human flesh, and, and our Savior who established the new covenant for our salvation. So every scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament is about Jesus Christ one way or the other. And, and what I've often seen in preaching, including myself at other times, was the preaching of a text in the New Testament, or especially in the Old Testament, uh, which brought out, I would say, moral imperatives, moral counsel, ethics, and so forth from the characters there, uh, Jonah, Samuel, uh, Samson, uh, Gideon, and so forth, um, but did not preach their place in redemptive history and that they were necessary uh, gifts of God to man in order to bring about the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. So when we look at all the wars of the Old Testament and all of the broken covenants of the people of Israel, uh, we're looking at the uh, those things that were coming to pass, God continuing to renew His covenant with them, sending a, a, a Savior, a judge, uh, a Joshua, to continue His covenant promises in, in order to keep alive the line through the people of Israel of the Lord Jesus Christ to be born in Bethlehem. And so God's providence over all of the Old Testament serve the coming of Christ. God's revelation and providence in the New Testament served the coming and the, uh, the revelation, the full revelation of Christ to come. So I've seen uh, at times many, many of us have preached from a Scripture, Old and New Testament, and barely mentioned Christ or not mentioned Him at all. And I believe this is an error uh, on the basis of our Lord's own instructions to His disciples in how to preach the Scriptures, Old and New Testament. Um, and, and also that um, when we look at the <clears throat> book of Acts and the epistles of Paul and John and Peter, we find a much more Christ-centered focus than we often do in sermons today. 
And uh, I believe that the epistles, um, especially the letter to the Hebrews, uh, were examples of the preaching of Paul and John and Peter and others uh, to churches. These letters that they wrote were the messages they would have delivered if they were there in person. And we see a much more uh, attention to the Lord Jesus Christ in His birth, His life, His character, His death, uh, His resurrection, His ascension to glory, and His return uh, than we do in many of our sermons today. Um, Dr. Lloyd-Jones believed that, uh, that our purpose in all things is to preach the gospel. And that's more than uh, just preaching that Jesus is the Son of God and, and to believe in Him and be saved. Um, it comprehends the whole counsel of God, revealing Him to man. And uh, that as we study the Bible, we form our theology, which is to be Christ-centered, to help us to see Him revealed in all the Scriptures. Now this gets into hermeneutics. And the outline for my course, I guess, would be this after introduction. Um, the first part will be the hermeneutics of preaching Christ in all the Scripture. Secondly, the theology of preaching Christ in all the Scripture. And then finally, the final third of the course, the practice of preaching Christ in all the Scripture. And you can already tell from listening to me that I have a theology of the whole Bible. And I believe that's what Paul did. And he told Timothy uh, in 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2, to gather faithful men that had already been designated or recognized as faithful men and to teach those faithful men everything that, that Timothy heard Paul teach. And, and everything that he did watching Paul teach and preach and minister to people. And to uh, teach those to faithful men who will then be able to teach others also. And that, I believe, uh, able to teach is the uh, designated phrase in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 of elders in the church so that Timothy was to teach this whole counsel of God of Paul's theology, as well as how he preached, as well as his personal example, as it says in first in 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. And so all of that comes together to say that the apostolic preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ puts him more at the front of both uh, calls to repent and believe and be saved, but also at the center of sanctification and the instructions that Paul gave to the churches uh, in order to uh, build a solid church, a faithful church, and to uh, produce love and joy and mercy and forgiveness and the fruit of the Spirit. And, and he said to Timothy uh, in uh, 1 Timothy 1.5, the goal of our instruction or our catechizing, if you will. The goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and an unhypocritical or sincere faith. And so when we look at preaching, what is the goal? And the goal is to bring people face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ who transforms them by His grace and truth into a new people 
who love God with all their heart and love their neighbor as themselves and love one another as Christ has first loved them. In the same manner, likewise, treating each other as Christ has treated them. And that comes through teaching the whole counsel of God, uh, the Word, and praying for the Spirit's work in men's hearts, women's hearts, children's hearts, and then praying that God would bring to their hearts that regeneration of the Holy Spirit that enables them to pursue, um, uh, to pursue Christ-likeness and love to God and man. So how we preach Christ uh, in our sermons, all of our sermons, and particularly from the text of Scriptures that we have, has everything to do with both the salvation and sanctification of sinners and saints. And I believe that the New Testament models a much more Christ-centered example than we often uh, see today. I've attended classes in uh, different seminaries on um, expo expository preaching. And um, uh, what's uh, more or less thankful for the men that are trying to teach, use the Scriptures, but often grieve me that by the time that sermon was uh, exegeted, it was uh, prepared and so forth, that uh, there was very little, if none, of Christ in that, scripture, in that sermon. And we're to preach Christ. Uh, we proclaim Him, Paul said, to make every man complete in Him. Uh, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So uh, I, I uh, came up with this course to try to help us to have a more comprehensive view of the centrality of Jesus Christ in the full revelation of God and how we as pastors are called to bring that whole counsel of God uh, to play in all the scriptures that we exegete, that we um, uh, try to interpret and then to apply. Uh, one other thing uh, that uh, gets into this issue is how we form our full theology. How do we form a whole counsel of God? And uh, the hermeneutics that the Reformers followed and that we try to follow today in the Reformed faith uh, were that we first of all examine the text of Scripture uh, exegetically uh, with the languages, if possible. Secondly, that we consider the place of the text in biblical theology, that is, in the covenants that God has given. And then third, having understood uh, the biblical theological context, we look at the uh, systematic theological construction that comes out of exegesis and biblical theology to form our doctrine of God, our doctrine of man, our doctrine of salvation, and so forth. And it is from that holistic, growing, whole counsel of God that we also, uh, when we're exegeting and interpreting Scripture, we remember that whole theological framework that we formed. Uh, that's the difference between um, modern-day exegetes and the Reformed uh, model of exegesis and hermeneutics. For instance, after the uh, historical critical movement uh, of a couple of 300 years ago starting and then up even to the present day, um, Scripture is not inspired of God. It is a composition of men. 
under certain circumstances. And then the conservatives, Bible believers, reacted to that historical critical movement uh, in the um, 19th and 20th century by uh, coming up with the literal, grammatical, historical approach. And that is uh, largely the approach of dispensationalists and broad evangelicals. But the Reformed faith had an additional element of uh, theological uh, construction, and that is grammatical, historical, theological. So that um, as we grow in our theology, we do not look upon any text of Scripture without the awareness of all of the theology and teachings of the Bible. And that's more than just letting Scripture cross-reference Scripture in similar places. This is understanding that according to Jesus' teachings and the apostles' example and teachings, that every uh, part of Scripture is centered in the revelation of Jesus Christ in one way or the other, and that we are called to preach Christ from all the Scriptures because He did, the apostles did. And we need to, uh, I, I guess I would say, remodel or to revitalize that element of the theology, the whole counsel of God, that also uh, helps us to stay on line with our exegesis and our biblical theology. And so that's, that's a very quick overview of, of what I want to do in this course, but um, this gets into the issues of uh, allegory. It gets into the issues of typology, um, uh, exemplar preaching, versus um, uh, gospel preaching. And um, there's much to learn, and uh, I hope that this course will be in, in some way helpful uh, to at least examine yourself and your foundations of uh, how to preach and what to preach, and uh, uh, try to bring, we're trying to bring the Scripture into this. Let me read one passage, and then I'll, I'll finish at this point. Um, in Luke chapter 24, as after the resurrection, Jesus was walking with these disciples on the Emmaus Road. And uh, it says in verse 27 to these disciples that were slow to believe He was the Christ. And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, He explained to them the things concerning Himself in all the Scriptures. Now at that point, that was the Old Testament. And it doesn't say in the Scriptures, the things concerning Himself in the Scriptures, which would uh, perhaps be a limited place like Isaiah 53, which is clearly a, a prophetic description of His crucifixion and His resurrection and exaltation. Uh, but He actually preached to them uh, the things concerning Himself in all the Scriptures. And, and so we need to pay close attention to the grammar there and to the emphasis that he was giving. And then uh, later on, as the disciples gathered around him uh, in the upper room, in verse 44 of Luke 24, he said, These are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written. Now this is the Old Testament. 
It is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. And he's saying by that statement that all those things are in the Old Testament. And he taught these men and opened their minds to understand the Old Testament, that it was full of him, that it was all about him. Some have asked me uh, at times, what, what do the wars of Israel have to do with Jesus coming? All that bloodshed and, and gore and, and, and death. And what we see in the, in the flow of history, of Old Testament history, that God continued to sustain Israel as a nation as His chosen nation, His earthly kingdom, and, and that through ups and downs on the battlefield, it continued to exist. And we see in that um, the providence of God uh, continuing in spite of the sins of Israel to have patience with them, to keep them alive, that the Lord Jesus Christ should be born of the, son, of the seed of David in Bethlehem the seed of Abraham, the seed of David. And, and so there's much about these things that happen, the sinners and the saints in the Old Testament, that sometimes uh, were pinpoints that if they were destroyed, if David had been killed, and so forth, Jesus would never have been born in Bethlehem, as humanly speaking. And so we, we find that there's much more about Christ in the Old Testament than just quoting uh, messianic prophecies, that God's providence under His whole counsel was bringing to pass His uh, decrees and His predestined work to bring the Son of God to be our Savior and to teach the people of God uh, that He is God in the flesh, a perfect Savior, and now risen from the dead, a perfect Lord to all those who come to Him. So I believe we must preach Christ from all the Scriptures because ultimately He's in all the Scriptures. Thank you for listening to The Weekly Discourse. If you have been blessed by this week's discourse, please consider subscribing to the Man of God Network so that you can continue to be blessed with resources like these. If you'd like to learn more about Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, visit us at cbtseminary.org.